Hi everyone, and welcome to Animal Welfare Conversations. We're delighted you're here. The aim of these conversations is to highlight the great work that's going on around the world in relation to animal welfare. And we have some fantastic guests lined up for you. In this first episode, we chat to vet nurse, Amy Lyons. Amy works in Australia, so we talk about the differences in nursing between the UK and Australia, and about the different species that she's lucky enough to work with. Hope you enjoy. Welcome, um, Amy, to Animal Welfare Conversations. It's fantastic to have you with us today. Um, it's morning in the UK, but you are in Australia, and I understand it's evening where you are. Yes. Um, Thank you so much for spending sparing the time to, to come and chat to us today. Um, I'm sure our listeners are going to be so interested to find out about your work in Australia, what it means for you, and all the impact of that on animal welfare. That's fantastic. Um, so perhaps if we could maybe start off. Um, could you tell us a little bit about yourself, your career, your work, all that sort of thing? Sure. So um, I've been a vet nurse for 12 years. I um, actually was a hairdresser before I was a vet nurse, but I always wanted to work with, um, with animals. It's just um, when, I, when I left school, the training wasn't readily available for me in my area. I kind of live um, about two hours south of Sydney and down here there wasn't anything available. It was only in Sydney and uh, my mum wasn't too keen on me as a 16-year-old travelling to Sydney on the train um, after dark or, you know, when, when it was available. So that's why I ended up, up going off and being a hairdresser for a little while. But luckily uh, it became more available when um, I'm sounding really old now, but <laughs> when the internet became a little bit more um, accessible to everybody. And um, we have our local... Uh, well, it's a, uh, all over Australia, but um, our government education um, is called TAFE. And so uh, they started to offer online training, um, which got me into it. So I started off with a certificate to in animal care. Um, and then I went on to do my certificate for in veterinary nursing. I was really lucky that my local, you know, five minutes away vet um, took me on board to do some work placement while I completed my studies. And at the end of my studies, the one vet nurse that worked with him um, was pregnant and left. So I fell into that role because I knew the clinic and um, started off in the one vet, one nurse clinic. Um, I don't, I wouldn't really call myself a nurse at that point. Um, I literally just held animals for that vet and entered the phone and did a lot of reception duties and he did a lot of stuff himself. And um, it wasn't until he sold and went off to be a human doctor um, and while he was at uni, he was working with another local vet. Um, they were looking for a practice manager in their branch practice and he suggested that they contact me. So I started off with them and I still work with them today. They're really, really lovely um, company to work for they look after us nurses really really well and um i've done all my extra training and everything through those guys they've um you know trained me up a lot and then i've gone off to do my own extra things as well so um i became very interested in the exotic side of things 
found it very hard in Australia to find anything, um, you know, outside of that um, vet nursing course to, to anything to do with exotics. It was hard for me and I'm thinking, you know, it's really weird because we have some of the most unusual animals in the world here. And so why not? Why don't we have more education here? Um, and I had been to a conference and um, a lady there uh, was doing some talks on exotics and I actually went up to her and asked at the end, you know, where did you find out all your information? Um, and she uh, explained that she had done the Girling and Fraser exotics course. And so that was it. I was like, right, I have to do this. Um, and found out how to do it and, and went through and did did that course. I think I did all the five units, but I didn't finish the zoo um, section. It sort of didn't really apply to me in my work and what I was interested in, although I, I did sort of all the informational part of it. I just didn't finish the essay at the end. But what I found was I learned so much that the vets that I work with were coming to me, you know, asking me what I knew about these exotics and how we could, you know, better treat them in our clinic. So to me, that's really important. You know, all these little critters are just as important as our dogs and cats and farm animals. And so um, after that, I was really lucky to um, have an exotic vet come on board and we worked a lot together. Um, and so that brought me up to the last couple of years where I was, um, you know, feeling again like I needed to start learning something new. And so I actually became a certificate for veterinary nursing teacher at TAFE, the place that trained me. So I do that two days a week and I work the rest of the week at the vet still. I could never let that go. I really enjoy the hands-on practical stuff with the animals. But passing on my knowledge that I've learned over the last 12 years to new students who are really enthusiastic and and keen to learn has been um, really great and has become, you know, part of my passion to pass on all my knowledge. So, yeah. There's so much in there, Amy. I mean, you so many different <laughs> aspects about the challenges of training and just becoming a vet nurse to start with, right yep. the way through the journey of, of being the vet nurse. Um, silly question, but it popped into my head when you were talking about being a hairdresser. Do you, do you think that helped with the communication skills and the whole working with people side of things? Oh, definitely. Um, I've always been a bit of a chatterbox. So um, I can relate with owners quite um, well um, and I love chatting to them. So that um, really helps me in my job now is, you know, talking about care and um, how they can better provide for their animals and it comes really easily for me, luckily. Yeah, but it's such an important part of the job, isn't it? Because it's really, Definitely. you know, we come into this thinking we're going to work with animals, but we're really working with people. And oh, that definitely. for me was the most difficult part of the job was learning how to communicate with people. Um, yeah, and I think a lot of nurses that come into um, this profession do think that they're going to be out the back and not deal with owners. And mm -hmm. um, maybe if you worked in a in a zoo clinic or something like that, um, but you still got keepers, you know, keepers are, are just like owners, and you still got to deal with people. So it's it's a good trait to have it or is. work on if you need to. Well, yes, <laughs> I definitely need to do that. Um, so that's fantastic. So you know that this 
these these podcasts that we're doing are all about animal welfare. And we're going to have a running theme through all of the podcasts where we ask our guests what animal welfare means to them. So what does animal welfare mean to you? Animal welfare to me means that you can provide that animal with a safe environment, a good diet, and pretty much offer them things that could let them experience what they would in the wild so as close as uh, possible to that I suppose I talk about in the wild because as I said I, I really enjoy my exotics and I think um, those guys are, um, are less likely to be domesticated and so their natural you know behaviors I think are really important for them to be healthy dogs and cats are probably a little bit different in that sense um, they're very domesticated and Dogs especially, you know, can, can fit in well with, with human life, but our exotics uh, need more help in that. And so, uh, yeah, animal welfare to me is making sure that those animals um, are not stressed, they're happy, they're healthy, they're given everything that they need to, to live that life. Yeah. So, so thinking about the, the animals that you've worked with or you work with yep. in Australia, what sort of animals do you work with? Well, we, we work with a lot of um, Australian wildlife, so um, wombats, uh, kangaroos. We actually had a little baby kangaroo in today. There's a lot of um, road accidents with our wildlife. Echidnas. I don't get to work with koalas, unfortunately. They're not in my area. I ha- and I haven't seen a platypus either. <laughs> Dogs and cats. Um, we get a lot of exotic parrots um, as well as native parrots that are pets. So, you know, you're sulfur-crested cockatoos, cockatiels, galahs, um, and then we get our exotics like um, macaws, African greys, Amazons, all mm-hmm. sorts of different different birds, and all the littlies too, you know, budgies and peach faces and um, conyers and things like that. Yeah, and dogs and cats. So <laughs> I, I don't work in a, in a large animal practice. We, we are uh, small animals only. So, yeah. Oh, how could I forget rabbits and uh, guinea pigs as well and ferrets? <laughs> So I get a wide range. A wide variety. Range. I mean, yeah. that, that is just amazing. You know, I, I being being in Scotland, you know, and you're talking about wombats and, and things like that, I, I think is fantastic. I'm very, very yeah. jealous. Um, <laughs> I, do, I do follow a wombat rescue group on Facebook and I'm every day I'm on this website and I, perhaps one day I will be able to invite them on the podcast and I'll be able to talk to yeah. them because it's just amazing. Um, you yeah. Know, being, you know, um, I mean, you'll know more about this than I do, but um, from what I've seen on the Wombat Facebook groups, that mange is, is a big problem for them, yeah. how they manage that. I mean, do, do you see cases of that or what sort of things? Do so you see? Um, with Wombat mange, uh, adult wombats are pretty hard to deal with in clinic. Um, they're quite large, just sort of like 40 kilos of this solid little muscle and um they can run fast and cause a lot of damage we've had dogs come in um they've you know had bites through their hard palate from a wombat like they're really quite defensive uh we see a lot of baby wombats that have you know lost mothers because of road accidents but in regards to the mange um we've got a really good thing happening um with our wildlife rescue groups and they go out and they set up like a little um flap that sits over the front of their burrows 
and those um, hold um, a dose of ivermectin. So when the um, when they come out, I think of their burrows, it tips the flap up and it tips the ivermectin down their back. So that's how they try and treat um, the mange, and it seems to be quite successful at the moment. So yeah, that's sort of as close as we can get without you know disturbing them too much. Because it's all those things you have to think about when you're treating these animals that when you're dealing with wild animals it's yes. completely different how you manage it to dealing with that dog and and trying to get compliance from a wild animal as opposed to <laughs> a pet animal it does make your job a lot more difficult um, yes. so thinking about animal welfare what's the most rewarding part of your job Oh, obviously, um, you know, seeing animals that I'll, I'll go back to my exotics again because I feel like their their husbandry is probably one of the least uh, things that are known about them uh, well. And if we can educate our clients on husbandry um, and, you know, see these animals come in that, for example, a, a bearded dragon. Um, we have a lot of problems with um, metabolic bone disease, people um, not giving them correct amount of UVB, UVBA lights or getting them outside in the sun and not knowing like that they have to do that or, you know, not shining the light through the glass and things like that. So for me, having an animal come in that's unwell because of something I can educate an owner on and then see them get better because of that education um, that is definitely the most rewarding for me. Definitely. And it, it, it's a challenge we have here as well, but a lot of the problems we see with exotics are husbandry related. And yes. there is some discussion in the UK at the moment about which animals should we even be allowed to keep as pets mm -hmm. because yeah. these animals have, have so many problems. And yeah. it's a continuous challenge because where you have owners who are educated and often know way more than I know about a particular species yeah. we don't have the problems yeah. so it's, it's a it's a difficult discussion to have isn't it about what animals yeah. can we keep as pets or should we mm. keep as pets and I think I um I mean correct me if I'm wrong but over here we we do get a lot of this hot sunshine and the people to still be bringing in these reptiles that don't have enough UV light. I'm like, come on, like you, you just have to go and take it outside in the sun. Like it's, it's um, really, uh, look, I mean, I understand that people get animals and they don't do the research. I, I, I do understand that. But as a vet nurse, I think it's so important for us if we are seeing this to educate these owners and, and like it's as simple as that, you know. Take it outside for half an hour in our sunshine; it'll, it'll make the world a difference. And yeah, I could. But as a, as I was saying, like in in England, I, I, I correct me if I'm wrong. Not as much sun over there, and so these reptiles probably need more of a you know controlled environment in their enclosures for that sort of thing. So yeah. Yeah, there's a yeah. definite difference, <laughs> definitely. <Yes. laughs> um, and you know, I'm. We're we're in Scotland, further north, and and we we did we know we have a problem with the amount of sunlight that even people 
are exposed to. So, so yeah, but yeah, I, I agree. It is surprising in Australia where you could just take them outside that, that yeah. you also yeah. have that problem. That, that, that's really quite interesting, actually. So yeah. you've possibly slightly answered my next question. Um, but again, think about the animal welfare side of things. What is the most challenging part of your job? Um, or just seeing animals in that situation and knowing that humans have caused it pretty much. Um, it, it's, I think it's challenging for any vet nurse, even, you know, I'm not talking about exotics, but even dogs and cats coming in, you know, emaciated or covered in fleas or it's very hard to hold your tongue um, <laughs> with clients when you can clearly see it. But it is definitely just an education problem in my eyes um i think a lot of people who own animals own them because they love them and they want to do what's um best for them but they just don't know yeah and they don't I know how to find out maybe that that's the challenge isn't it is how as a veterinary professional can you get that information out to people and and get them to read it you know nowadays yeah. we have the internet practices have amazing websites and so much information is out there yeah but people still don't seem to actually go and read all of that to, yeah. to find out all of these things yeah have, have you done anything in your practice do you do any any nursing clinics or or anything to try and bring the public into the practice we have sort of used a lot of social media. We try to do, look, we haven't done it for a little while, I must admit, but for a little while there we were doing a whole lot of videos on treatments that happen out the back, back in, the, um, in the clinic and um, all we're doing case studies and putting them on our Facebook pages um, and our Instagram. And, you know, now there's TikTok and um, I think as annoying as that can be, it could be a really, really good tool as well because they don't necessarily have to go to your page to see these videos. You know, you can they can just be scrolling through and it pops up. Whereas I feel like with Instagram and Facebook, they have to go looking still. But yeah, I think yeah, using social media because it's such a popular thing. Um, you know, every every person has a social media account somewhere along the way, and um, just. Yeah, allowing people to see what happens behind closed doors and why these animals are in. Um, we do talk to owners about, you know, consent and asking them if it's okay if we share their their animal stories. Um, and a lot of them, and I would say probably 98% of them are really happy for them to go on um, social media, you know. It's like my animal's going to be a little star. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, I think, yeah, if we can use social media to educate I think it's gonna land in people's laps a lot more than trying to get them into the clinic you know it's yeah. attacking them in their homes <laughs> <laughs> definitely definitely it does it that we, we have the technology we need to use it and like you say majority of people we work with want the best for their animals mm. and it's just a case that they didn't realize that they should be yeah. doing something or that their pet has this problem. Um, yes. And it's very much that partnership approach, isn't it, between yeah. owners and yourself in the practice to get the best for they're the animal. not animals. treating people like they're silly. Um, you know, as I said, we understand that people are uneducated and you have to speak to them in a, in a really, you know, 
um, respectful way and just tell them, you know, this is this is why this is happening and you can do things to change it and educate them that way. I think um, the way we talk to people as well is really important. It is, isn't it? It's so important. And, and particularly that the vet nurses are the people that are really good at working with, yeah. with the clients. Sometimes yeah. as vets are a little bit grumpy. Um, I've been told that. <laughs> so. We've got time. I think it's the time... Well, I feel I have time. Um, you know, vets are always on the ball, bring the next consult through, bring the next consult through. And yes, I'm busy and I have my own patients out the back, but I definitely don't have that running of, you know, there's people waiting for me all the time out in the waiting room. And so, you know, yeah. if I, I've, I spend the time with clients, I think they really appreciate it and um, can point them in the right direction for more information if they need be. Um, but, yeah. Maybe that's why we we take it on a little bit better than vets because we have a little more time. <laughs> There's a whole study in that, isn't there? Um, yeah. So again, you've answered some of this, but my next question. Um, but in your opinion, what impact do vet nurses have on animal welfare? Um, well, again, because we have time, we get to talk to owners. Vet nurses as a whole, in my opinion, are very, very passionate people. They're really, really passionate about what they do and why they do it. Um, and so I think giving them the reins to discuss with clients or public about um, animal welfare, you know, they could probably talk about it underwater. <laughs> um, <laughs> and it's because of that passion. So that's why I think vet nurses, it's really important for vet nurses to to pass on that information yeah there's definitely that enthusiasm for it and yeah. people do it because they love it don't yes. they? in australia we're not paid very well <laughs> so we definitely do it because we love it <laughs> yeah yeah it, 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 australia is sounding very similar to to the uk other than the weather and the sunshine um yeah. and the wonderful species that you get you get to work with um so, and, and thinking about that, you know, in, in the UK at the moment, we have the British Veterinary Nursing Association, and mm. they um, ran a survey about the title veterinary nurse, because yeah. I, I don't know what it's like in Australia, but here, anybody can call themselves a vet nurse, and yeah. the BVNA are pushing to get the title protected, um, mm. and they did a survey, and the majority of the public would just expect that a vet nurse is a qualified person. Mm. Um, what, yeah. What's it like in Australia? I think, we're, I mean, in my mind and in my clinic and with my nurses that are under me, um, we uh, definitely hold the certificate for in veterinary nursing in high regard, but that's not to say everywhere it um, does. I know in Western Australia you have to be registered but in the rest of the country, there's no registration as such um, to be a vet nurse at this stage. They are the AVA, um, Australian Vet Nurses Council, AV, I can't remember the acronym, but anyway, <laughs> um, they are working uh, really hard to get this registration uh, nationwide. And look, a, a lot of our training is done on the job, but I think just to have that you know, qualification, for me, it's really important. Um, and for quality of um, of our work. So I'm hoping that once registration comes into play, 
there might be a little bit more emphasis on the importance of vet nurses and, you know, pay rates can follow through on that. Um, I think emotionally in Australia and probably in the UK as well, it's a really uh, highly emotionally driven job. So people are putting themselves through a whole lot of um, stuff to not really get a whole lot in return um, Mm -hmm. other than that love for the job. Um, And so, yeah, I'm hoping that registration sort of brings that to the forefront and a little bit more importance around what we do. Um, Yeah, and and pay us more. (laughs) It's sounding very similar to to the UK and and it's the same things that we want to happen here um, to just highlight how important the work is that that's being done and how it's advanced as well over the years it has changed so much since I first started out seeing practice Mm. um, and what vet nurses do Um, so thinking about that and thinking about what the the public know about the profession and you've mentioned some wonderful things there about using social media and having case studies and people letting their animals be the that pet star for the week um on social media is there anything else you'd like to see happen to raise public awareness about what vet nurses do generally but also the role that vet nurses have in animal welfare and just how important it is yeah I think tv shows are are, are a good thing as well um and tv shows in Australia definitely resolve around the the vets like we've got Bondi vet you've probably heard about and then we had a local one which was about uh there is a little town just down the road from me and they had a show about them and we've got a unusual pet vets and it's all about vets and like I get it like vets do amazing work and I'm not bringing them down but it would be really good um Mm -hmm. for those shows to sort of really highlight the nurses care and uh a little bit behind the scenes. Um, I don't see. I don't think the general public get to see what nurses do enough. Where we do bring a lot of our clients through to visit animals, and so I think they see, you know, our little hive of nurses bustling around and washing animals and medicating animals and and doing all of that sort of stuff. But I think uh, in a bigger picture, those those TV shows could really highlight what what vet nurses do and how they um, impact the whole vet um, business as a whole. Absolutely. Because we can't run a practice without the vet nurses. It just cannot happen. (laughs) Um, And, yeah, you're you're making me think about this now, all the programmes we have here. And it's the same. We've got Highland vets and all sorts of rural vets and and yeah they, they just focus on that so yeah that's a really good it'd be point. good for like a day in the life of a vet nurse it would. um and yeah. then yeah they can see how much you know we give the cuddles we give the warm blankets you know we give all the, the extra treats and the calming figure to be with your animal while while they're in hospital you know vets come in and go oh give them this medication, put them on fluids and do this, and then they walk out the door. And I, I don't really know that um, the general public know that majority of their time, their animal's time is spent with the nurse. Yeah, absolutely, definitely. Mm. 
Okay, that's something else we can think about then, is how we <laughs> fix that and how we can yeah. do it. So is, is there any advice that you would want to give to anyone who wants to become a vet nurse? Uh, go for it, for one. <laughs> it's, um, I think I've been in it for this long because of how rewarding it is. There's ways to work around the pay. Um, as I said, I, I do teaching as well to help out with that. I get paid quite well teaching. But, yeah, it's it's such a rewarding uh, job. I wake up every morning and I love going to my work. And so, and after 12 years, I think that, you know, other people wouldn't be able to say that. So if, if you're keen on doing it, get down to your local vet and ask questions, ask a lot of questions, um, talk to the nurses, get in there and do some volunteer work if you can and see what it's all about. That's probably the best way. I think, you know, when I was at school, I did work, work experience at a vet and I knew from that point on that's what I wanted to do. So um, that was a really relevant uh, work experience for me. So I think if, you, if you're keen on it, work experience is a really good, good idea. Absolutely. It's finding out reality, isn't it? And, and seeing. Yeah. It might be different to what you think. Um, you might not like it, but <laughs> there's a lot of, there's a lot of um, stuff that you might not think is involved. Um, but as I said, I love it. I, I can't see myself doing anything else for my future. I mean, I'm getting, I'm getting older in the scheme of being a, a vet nurse in Australia. I work with a lot of young'uns. <laughs> and uh, the physical side of things, I'm definitely noticing a little bit more on my body. But um, I just get the young ones to do the lifting now. <laughs> Quite right. <So. laughs> and they're happy to do that. But, yeah. That's, that's good. And there's not many jobs that you can say that about, that, that you, every morning you look forward to going to work. I, I think that's yeah. marvellous in itself, isn't it? Yeah. Um, to do that. Well, Amy, thank you so much for for chatting to us. Is, is there anything else that, you want to highlight about being a vet nurse or about animal welfare or do you think we've covered most of the different points oh, I think we have um yeah I think we've done a pretty good job Can't think there's, of there's a, lot, a lot in there isn't there I mean we've we've gone right the way through about seeing practice how you become a nurse all the different animals you deal with the different challenges the importance of communication um working with the public education that there's so many different aspects to it and I think that's certainly a movement here in the UK is is highlighting all the different aspects to the job and also how that could then possibly open other doors, you know, for people, like you say, working in education, doing all sorts of other things, because you have so many different skills working as a vet. Yeah. Well, actually, now that you say that, I think, yeah, it's important to love your job. I think it's important to continuously learn um, and not get stale. And so that part of education and just continually, you know, looking for courses or, you know, watching webinars or things like that um, is is a big part of why I still love my job. Um, I've gone through phases, you know, I really enjoyed dental surgery for a while there and then the exotics and uh, we're actually doing laparoscopic spays or ovariectomies at the moment. Um, so there's always something new to learn in this industry. So, um, yeah, keeping up with all that 
keeping updated and, and just keeping your mind going is is um, another really important aspect for me um, in this job. Brilliant. Thank you. Thank you so much, Amy. Um, you know, the, the whole point of these podcasts is to highlight the good work that's going on out there with regards to animal welfare. And I think you've done that beautifully, just telling oh, us <laughs> all about your job, what you do, your passion comes across um, and that you care for the animals and the people. That, that come with them as well um, yeah. and how you then deliver that so thank you so much no problems my pleasure hope you enjoyed listening to the podcast I certainly enjoyed chatting to Amy if you want to find out more about the topics we discussed then more information can be found in this week's show notes and if you want to keep up to date and find out when the next podcast is coming along please follow us All the best.